On this week's Big Tech Show, when will cars safely drive themselves on our streets? And who in Ireland is providing the technology to help them do that? We talk to one of the country's biggest automotive autonomy entrepreneurs. I have BMW Drive Assist in my own vehicle and it is much, much safer because we are all prone to distraction, especially when we're on the motorway from Limerick to Dublin, for example. We've all been there where you actually forgot a whole section of the road. So I would say if you take it from a safety perspective and it does allow you to kind of relax. The Big Tech Show, available on all podcast platforms. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. A warning that this extra episode of the Indo Daily contains details of violence that some listeners may find distressing. On Saturday, Hamas launched a series of unprecedented attacks on Israel which saw rockets fired and Hamas break down the barriers that surrounded the Gaza Strip. More than 700 Israelis are now feared dead after unprecedented attacks by Hamas militants. It represents the biggest loss of life in a single day in Israeli history. This led to the shooting of civilians and Israeli hostages taken into Gaza. Hamas militants are targeting civilians, taking more than 100 hostage, including children, grandmothers and young people. There are many more missing, including Irish-Israeli woman Kim Damty. We met Jennifer Damty, whose 22-year-old daughter Kim is among the missing. She was at that music festival when the rockets rained down. Panicked, she called her family and they told her to hide. She hasn't been heard from since. Israel responded with a wave of airstrikes on the Gaza Strip, where over two million people live. And Israel's Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, has warned of a long and difficult war ahead. They're now going to cut off everything. Water, electricity, food, fuel supplies, which medics within Gaza told me will be catastrophic for the civilian population. So the situation here is extremely grave. I'm Tabitha Monaghan, and on this extra episode of the Indo Daily, I'm joined from Tel Aviv by Belle True, Chief International Correspondent with the UK Independent, to take us through what has happened in Israel in the last number of days and what the fallout will be. Belle, can you tell me exactly what happened on Saturday? Well, what we understand from eyewitness accounts of people I've spoken to who are in the southern areas and also from the military, around 6.30am local time, Hamas militants fired a very heavy barrage of rockets from Gaza into southern um, Israel. Some areas in particular were hit. I was talking to survivors um, who were in a festival that was about six kilometres from the border fences. And they said they could hear, there wasn't, there was a five minute period where there were rockets being fired every second. Almost immediately after that, it appears that um, maybe as many as a thousand Palestinian militants then uh, stormed the border fences. They managed to actually um, explode through some of them in 20 to 30 areas of the border fence, according to the Israeli military, and attacked by land, air and sea. That included um, Palestinian militants uh, being in sort of homemade paragliders and also apparently swimming to Israeli shores. That's, that's at least what I've been told by the Israeli military. They then infiltrated different communities and this music festival, as I said, uh, attacked people. Uh, they also infiltrated bases, civilians, soldiers, and took people hostage back to Gaza. The latest that I understand from the military is that there are at least 100 
hostages or people being held in Gaza, they include foreign citizens, including uh, Brits, Americans and other nationalities. And you mentioned the festival there that was going on in southern Israel. By all accounts, a very distressing um, situation to be in, especially when we're looking at the videos that have been circulating on social media, people being taken away on motorbikes, etc. And what have you heard from what was happening there? I spoke to one survivor, for example, and also family members of those who are killed or believed to be being held in Gaza. Um, this survivor told me that the only reason he's alive is because when the rocket barrage happened, they you know they stopped the music, everyone hit the floor, which is common practice here when rockets are fired from Gaza, which is often um, a, a regular occurrence in the South. He um, only left immediately after that because a friend of his had a panic attack and he, he panicked and, and wanted to get out. He tried to convince others to come with him, but people didn't have access to transport necessarily because they were coming in buses or they were sharing taxis. And so people opted to sort of stick together, not obviously realising that there was going to be actual sort of militants on the ground entering the festival about 30 minutes later, I think, from the timeline, uh, it appears that uh, Palestinian militants attacked with, uh, you know, um, assault rifles, grenades, uh, and basically killed a lot of these civilians. People went into hiding. They tried to sort of find ditches to hide in. They frantically messaged their parents or their loved ones, their, their friends, asking for help, but no, no help came. And from what we understand from Israeli medical authorities, over 250 bodies were recovered from that site. And of course, we saw some very disturbing videos um, showing some bodies being paraded in Gaza, but also people being taken as, as live prisoners, uh, women and um, men and you know, children and, 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 and the elderly. And we do understand that there was a young Irish-Israeli woman, Kim Dante, who was at that festival and who is by all accounts missing at the moment. We met Jennifer Damty, whose 22-year-old daughter, Kim, is among the missing. She was at that music festival when the rockets rained down. Panicked, she called her family and they told her to hide. She hasn't been heard from since. Kim didn't realise that there was like seven or eight Toyota vans full of terrorists and they just shot everywhere. They just shot them, slaughtered them like ducks. And that's the reason I'm here. Because I want the world to condemn this behaviour. How did Israel respond to this? Well, this is an unprecedented event. I mean, that's the word that keeps being um, told to me by various different wings of the Israeli military. They had never experienced any form of um, attack like this or hostage-taking situation, really, um, including they even said, you know, Munich, um, this isn't the same as that, it's worse. So they are now at the moment engaged in open gun battles with Palestinian militants who remain in Israel and the south, haven't got full control in the south of the country. There are still, um, they believe, dozens of militants in the country and they are trying to take back control. They have also launched very serious airstrikes on Gaza itself, which is a tiny strip of land that is home to two million people. It's one of the most densely populated places on earth. Just in the last few minutes, we've had reports from the Palestinian health ministry in Gaza that dozens have been killed in an Israeli airstrike, which hit um, a refugee camp within Gaza. So they are taking a very firm line. And today, the defence minister has announced they are now going to impose a total siege on Gaza. Gaza has been under a blockade from Israel and Egypt for the last 16 years, but they are now going to cut off everything, water, electricity, 
food fuel supplies, which medics within Gaza told me will be catastrophic for the civilian population. So the situation here is extremely grave. Do we know how many people have been killed or injured since Saturday, since this broke out? In terms of total numbers between Palestinian and Israelis, um, there's over a thousand. I understand the latest death toll from the Israeli side is 700. Um, and from the Palestinian side in Gaza, the health ministry, the last figure was 500 killed. Um, Palestinian militants say they're holding over 130 captives from the Israeli side. The Israeli military told me they believe that number to be more like 100. I believe that um, the Palestinian militants have said the last few hours that a few of those captives have been killed in Israeli airstrikes. And this is what's going to be very complicated on the Israeli side because they are obviously heavily, heavily bombing bombing Gaza, which is incredibly densely populated. They don't know exactly where the hostages are being held. So they're in danger of killing their own people, which makes it... um, even more complicated. And of course, stuck in the middle of this are civilians. Israelis in the south have been evacuated. In Gaza, people have got nowhere to go. They cannot evacuate, obviously, to Israel. They cannot evacuate to Egypt. So I've been speaking to civilians who are basically cowering their homes. They don't have bomb shelters. They don't know what to do. Many of them disagree with Hamas and, and you know, obviously had no idea this was going to happen. So it's, it's a very sort of really sad and, and bloody situation right now. You, you've described to us how Hamas rolled out these attacks, but how did they manage to do it in such a way that it be, it was such a surprise to the Israelis? This is the million dollar question. I think this is going to be the hardest question to have answers for in the coming months when this situation has calmed down a bit and the, the investigations are in proper full swing. It is staggering to try and get your head around how this was able to happen. To put it into context, Israel is the birthplace of some of the most powerful surveillance software on the planet, which they deploy in observing all the movements of Palestinians within Gaza and also within the occupied West Bank. In addition, when you're in Gaza, you can hear one constant, and that is the constant buzz of Israeli observation drones. They have eyes on the ground across this entire strip, which is only 42 kilometers long and about 12 kilometers wide. So not very big indeed. Israel has also had a blockade on Gaza for 16 years. They control pretty much what goes in and out of this strip as much as they possibly can, including movement of people. So a lot of people... Gaza have never left Gaza in their entire lifetimes because they cannot. So the control is really high. So how this went by without any hints or any of them realising anything is extraordinary. And I think Israelis are going to have to sit down and have some very tough conversations about chain of command um, and to work out exactly what happened. But the short answer is basically we don't know how this was able to happen. It really was something that the Israelis... You know, I was talking to one military officer who was telling me, you know, they've invested millions of dollars in that border fence that has walls that go underneath uh, tunnels. You know, a thousand militants managed to blow it up at 20 to 30 points along the fence. So, yeah, unfortunately, we just don't know, but it's obviously a, a serious failure of intelligence. And has there been any speculation whether or not Hamas have had any support that wasn't just themselves? Is there any speculation around that? Well, Hamas, it doesn't operate as an island. It has support from countries like Iran and other um, Iran-linked organizations like Hezbollah, the militant group that's in Lebanon. 
there have been some reports um, in American media citing unnamed sources that said that Iran was behind the planning of this and even greenlit it. But um, from the Israeli side, they say that's not the case. And I think, inter- you know, it, obviously, because Iran is so connected to Hamas, yes, there will have been some support. But I think this, my personal opinion is this is probably planned very carefully from inside Gaza over a very long period of time. There have been even reports that this could have been planned for several years. It would, ne- it would, make, it would need to have that kind of level of planning in order to succeed. And do we have any indication why Hamas launched the attack now? Why Saturday? What is there anything that's that has caused it? So if we're talking about the exact date, um, Saturday was almost exactly 50 years to the day of the anniversary of the Yom Kippur War or the October War, as it's known in the Middle East, the 1973 war, where there was a surprise attack by an Arab coalition on Israel. So I don't think it's a coincidence that they chose that particular day. Uh, because of this kind of historic 50-year anniversary. If we're going to look at, um, you know, why now? You know, if, if we look at some sort of uh, left-leaning Israeli commentary, for example, Haaretz, which is a left uh, paper here, they released an editorial, they put the blame on Netanyahu, interestingly. They said that the Prime Minister of Israel has been forming and leading one of the most right-wing extremist governments in Israel, and that that has put pressure on Palestinian communities. These, this government is firmly in support of settlements which are deemed illegal under international law um, in the occupied West Bank, for example, and that this government um, has not had any interest in what is you know, internationally recognised as, as, as the way forward, i.e. a two-state solution, although in practicality that's almost impossible to, to put into play. But, you know, according to this, this editorial, they are saying you know, Netanyahu's right wing government has really caused so many tensions and put so much pressure on the Palestinian community and also detracted security forces because there's been a lot of unrest in the occupied West Bank. Um, I think there's been 200 Palestinians who've died in the last year alone. And there's been a lot of skirmishes between the um, security forces and the Palestinians. So a lot of the forces from the from the south have been been you know, basically distracted by the West Bank, they're saying that this is the reason why it's happening now, because the the ground is sort of perfect for an organisation like Hamas. That, I mean, it might just be that the planning came to a head right now. Um, it might be that they, that they managed to get all all the things sorted before they could actually attack. We, we just don't know. And um, what has been the international reaction to this? There's been widespread condemnation of Hamas's actions, particularly with the very chilling um, video footage of people being taken to Gaza. I think you mentioned people being taken on motorcycles, also children, the elderly, um, and you know, women. You know, these the, the, there was also a horrible video of um, a young woman who'd been killed, whose body was paraded um, across uh, Gaza. But basically, there's pretty much kind of resounding support for Israel. So the UK, for example, um, I I believe has ordered, you know, the the Israeli flag to be um, displayed in government um, uh, buildings. Also, the US has pledged more military support. So basically, Israel's uh, regional allies and international allies have pledged full support for their um, ongoing situation right now. Um, in terms of the Middle East, 
there has obviously, of course, Iran and Lebanon, the Lebanese Hezbollah um, group have, you know, expressed their support for for Hamas, as as would be expected. And there's more muted responses coming from Gulf countries, including Saudi Arabia, that was allegedly in the process of trying to normalize relations with Israel for the first time. And they are more releasing statements saying, you know, that there needs to be peace. But I think this not only took Israel's surprise, but it took the world by surprise. The Israeli Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, he's warned now that there's going to be a long and difficult war. Is that where things go from here? Do we have any idea what could follow? I think that that is unfortunately what is going to happen. I cannot see how this can be wrapped up or a peace deal hammered out uh, because of the nature and the severity of the attacks. With the previous um, escalations that we've seen, I've now covered uh, three of the last four um, wars in Gaza. There has been a sense that once Israel has um, achieved its its goals, which usually are about sort of um, what it calls restoring deterrence, then you know Egypt steps in and there is a kind of tentative cessation of hostilities kind of truce. There's never actually a peace deal um, in any sort of traditional form. But the problem is here, this was such an extraordinary breach. And the death toll for on the Israeli side, you know, 700 dead is so huge and unprecedented. But when I'm speaking to Israeli military um, officials, they're telling me that everything is on the table. Nothing is is not, you know, being contemplated right now in the halls of power including um, an imminent ground invasion of Gaza, which is usually a very gruelling and um, bloody uh, situation um, where it's basically street by street, almost like, kind of like guerrilla fighting, um, to Israeli soldiers being deployed long term in Gaza, which we haven't seen since 2005 when um, Israel unilaterally withdrew from Gaza. For Israelis, I think speaking to the soldiers, they are basically saying this is an unprecedented attack which requires an unprecedented response. That's a direct quote there from the senior member of the Israeli military. And I don't know how long that will take. I think for them they need to be they need to first of all get control of their territory, which they don't have yet. Then they need to find the hundred or even hundred and thirty hostages and try and bring them home. And my thanks to Bell True from the UK Independent. I'm Tabitha Monaghan and today's episode was produced by myself, researched by Dave Hanratty with sound by Niall McMonagall. Archive clips from ABC News, BBC News, Sky News and CBS Evening News. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review. We're offering Indo Daily listeners 50% off an Irish independent digital subscription. Head over to independent.ie forward slash redeem to sign up for unlimited access to premium content, e-paper, puzzles and more. Just enter the code INDO, that's I-N-D-O, to receive 50% off your subscription. Stay informed and engage. Subscribe today.